to FSN! I'm Wes Carey, and it's episode 10! Yeah! That is it, people! <laughs> We've peaked, people! We ain't getting better than this! <laughs> I mean, from here on out, it's just gonna be all downhill. Like, all popular series will end up having a crappy spin-off, like, I don't know, Culting About, or be some, like, the like, sitcom with Tyler Cole, I think. I don't know, we'll pitch that. Uh, we'll have a really bad comedy rap single, The Witherspoon Rap. Excuse me? Yeah, we'll be having that. Um, <laughs> so we'll be going to Italy to sell cigars, because technically tobacco advertising is still legal there, I think. And eventually we'll end up where every sportscaster's career goes to die, the World Series of Yak Polo. <laughs> but anyway, we're still got the episode 10 to get through, so let me welcome our hosts uh, back again. We've got James Witherspoon. You had to drag me out of my nursing home again. They were serving pudding, goddammit. Uh, come on, just get... Just enjoy this and then get in the recording booth and record that comedy rap single. <laughs> we're gonna get that number uh, one. <laughs> I already make enough on retirement in the VA, so I don't really need to make a rap single. <laughs> um, we've got, as always, Charles Bergeron. Uh, it's good to, to be here again, uh, Brian, uh, Wes. Um, who is this Brian you're talking about? I, I don't know who this guy is. I mean, I don't think he's in the studio or anything. So. Uh, uh, so, sorry, uh, I was thinking of uh, one of my co-workers at the Montreal Gazelle. Okay, uh, okay. <laughs> uh, and we've got our guest for this episode. Uh, first off, he is the wide receiver for the Baltimore Ponies. Uh, Kova Lutko. Welcome, Kova. Yo, yo, throw up the axe. It's episode 10. <laughs> uh, that's a great <laughs> intro, my friend. And finally, from Bangor, he's been a bit he's been a bit of a journeyman, but he's finally found the team that he's been looking for and has become the player that he's wanted to be since the beginning. Lance Wildfire. Welcome to the show, Lance. We've talked to you about you a few times. <laughs> thanks uh thanks for having me yeah i uh big fan of the show uh congrats on making it to double digits that's that's great well that's i'll be surprised <laughs> Thank you, pretty soon you'll, you'll you'll be in the terrible teens and that you know that'll be great too yeah yeah stay uh, tuned for that spin-off and rap single people as <laughs> it for all downhill from here <laughs> but anyway how have you I been going get to episode 18 everything is legal that's it won't be jeez <laughs> Oh God, uh, James! Are, are, Forcing jokes where they don't belong. <laughs> oh, okay, we're gonna have one of these shows, are we? Okay. <laughs> Everyone talks over everybody. <laughs> and, and to answer your question, was I've been fine. I still haven't tracked down T Matt to get that one elusive clip that we've been waiting for for like months now. Uh, or coming up on what five, five months? I tried tracking him down in Reno. I tried tracking him down in Utah. I tried tracking him down in Montreal. I tried tracking him down in Cuba. I tried tracking him down in uh, Akron, Ohio. I think it was I. I was at or something like that. Jeez, he's disappeared off the face of the planet again. Maybe go and look at some of those dead malls in Akron, Ohio. Who probably end up, He'll probably have some stolen there next to like a like a dying retailer or something like that. But, jeez, stay tuned for that team at Latheron's interview coming in 2000XX. <laughs> Might be 2025 when I'm dead and cold, probably. Okay, uh, Charles, how have you been? 
Uh, well, uh, Wes, it's been pretty well. Uh, I, I'm still uh, following uh, the Montreal Royale uh, on the, uh, at the Montreal Gazelle, and uh, there's been uh, a lot of good, uh, big news uh, recently. I'm sure we're going to talk about it uh, a little soon. Cool, cool. And, okay, uh, Carver, how's the off-season been? It's been uh, quite all right. Been a free agent for for a couple months or so. Been just training, keeping busy, so to speak. Oh, cool, cool. I think I, I'm very certain you'll probably get a deal soon. I mean, hey, I think Baltimore are going to want to try and keep you on the reps. So, I mean, hey, they might give you a deal. Someone else might give you a deal. I think you're due to get a bit of a payday here. <laughs> Well, we'll uh, just wait and see, I guess. Yeah. Okay. And Lance, um, it's been a bit of a been a bit of a tough season here. I mean, you're doing well, but I mean, hey, you got you got a playoff series coming up. Might have a chance to get that ring. How are you feeling? Um, I'm feeling excited and really like kind of trepidatious. Um, you know, it's one of those things where you're like, okay, I've been working my whole career to get to where I am now. Don't screw it up. Uh, so there, you know, there's there's a lot writing right now, and uh, I'm just trying to enjoy it for all it's worth. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so I mean that's that's good to hear. So we've talked to you guys, we've gotten kind of seen how you're going. I think we got time to go. I think it's time to go around the world. times and more nine seasons nine seasons around the world around the world around the world well better to go around the world eight times than around the sun eight times why didn't i use that song for the intro but anyway i suppose fanfare of the command works but anyway first off we're going to the ufl here and the portland roses new expansion team coming in they've named their first ever head coach indoor football qb dominic romero a raccoon, four-time champion with the three times with the Eugene Roses, one time with the Salt Lake City Bootleggers. Try saying that three times fast. Uh, six-time, six-time league MVP. A lot of, lot of accolades here. Uh, graduated out of Boise State, played for the Roses for the majority of his career. Okay. Uh, high footballing IQ, first-time coaching, has a winning and hard-working mentality, and has a. Guys, how did this slip into the what? notes? Brad. He's looking at us and saying, I didn't put it in there. Yes, you did. Your name's right there. Um, okay. Um, we won't say the last bit there. Um, but anyway, uh, guys, um, guys, what are you, th- what are your thoughts on this hiring? I'll go straight to, straight to Charles on this first one. What do you think about Dominic Romero here? Uh, well, uh, I, I did uh, read a little bit about him, and I did uh, about uh, the Arena League uh, for a little while, and uh, uh, it seemed to be a, a, a good fit for this team. Uh, he's, uh, he got a real smart head uh, on his shoulders, and it could be really interesting uh, 
also seeing uh, the type of team he's going to have to work with. Of course, uh, it all depends on uh, how the free agents is going to go. Uh, but uh, uh, it could be surprising. Yeah, it could be. I think it could be a good high here. Uh, let's see. Uh, James, let's go to you. What do you think about Dominic Romero here? Um, I kind of have to echo what uh, I always forget your name, buddy. Uh, Charles. Sorry, Charles. Yeah, I have to echo what Charles says. He's definitely a good pickup for Portland. And just to kind of give it the PG version, fellas, giving it the PG version of what was written here by Fred, basically saying he has a big sausage in his refrigerator and, Dad, you might want to hide your daughters. I'm definitely hiding mine. Okay, then. Uh, uh, Carver, I mean, you've been keeping a track of kind of how all this stuff's been going. Uh, what do you think about Dominic Romero at the moment? Uh, I mean, definitely seems like he has the right credentials to be a head coach. Um, not 100% about uh, arena football and how that would translate onto um, the fields over here in the UFFL, but... Uh, you know, certainly has a mind for the game, so uh, anything could happen, basically, I guess. Yeah, that's true. I mean, anything can happen here. I mean, sometimes you make the transition, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you don't. So it, it just depends. Some some people make the step up, some people <laughs> don't. We'll have to see with Mr. Romero here. Uh, Lance, I know you're a bit busy to kind of keep track of all this UFFL stuff, so from what you've heard here, um, what do you think about Don't Romero? Well, I, I think it's always great to give someone a chance. Um, uh, it sounds like he's definitely qualified for the job. Uh, so, you know, hey, good luck. Well, that's, that's good to hear. Um, meanwhile, the league has finally done something with Joe Bowers. Uh, following last season's debacle, uh, the league has stepped in, as stepped in as commissioner and GM of the Miami Trucks. Joe Bowers t t has taken a leave of absence for personal reasons. And the league has decided to appoint Alexander Evans, a Komodo dragon, and the Miami Tropics have announced a, that a new front office will be present soon. So, well, Bowser's not like that, so I suppose the jokes end here. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> come on, Bowser's leaving? That's, well, I guess it's understandable because, well, if I could take the reins here. To be fair, he was drinking quite a lot, like, every single game that Miami was playing and I have no idea why and I've heard a few things in the booth that again I can't really say on air because everyone's looking at me right now like I'm barely getting away with what I said earlier about uh, the one comment that Fred wrote but uh, it's good that Bowers might be getting some help if he's taking that leave for that reason and all I have to say for Miami is it's about fucking time you got a front office. There, I cashed in my first uh, cuss card. Uh, okay, Cut. guys, I think we're going to see this is getting ridiculous. Uh, hold on, hold on. I'm just saying that because you look at them last year, their offense didn't do all that great. Their defense was subpar-ish, so maybe if they get the right guys in the front office, we might see Miami actually looking better next year. Uh, perhaps, yeah, but um, I will say this about this, James. You've just kicked us any chance off of us getting on FSPN at this point. <laughs> uh, 
was a good 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 dream to have, I guess. Uh, but anyway, uh, Charles, what do you think about the news about Joe Bowers? Well, uh, Joe Bow Joe Bowers was certainly an interesting character to say the least. But uh, even with everything happening, uh, you are you would never uh, wish uh, ill will. To, to, pers- to certain persons. So uh, I really hope that uh, Joe Bowers, Mr. Bowers, will uh, get the uh, LP knees and and, uh, sit, uh, and and come back to us soon and probably in another level. But uh, it, it, I, I wish him well. Uh, that's what it's important. Uh, I agree with that. I mean, look, I mean, we, we wish Bell as well. I mean, can't be in a good place right now, if I'm honest. But, I mean, uh, Carver, you've been you've been kind of known about his kind of exploits a little bit. You've heard the mirror in there. So, I think, what is what are your thoughts on this? Um, well, I personally didn't really interact with the guy too much. Uh, really, like, kind of sums up what I know of him, uh, I met him uh, first season of the UFFL, and the guy signed my jersey and tried to sell it back to me, which was weird because it was my practice jersey on top of that. So uh, it was just oh, wow. kind of an awkward situation there. Yeah. But, um, I mean, given what I heard and saw sort of take place last season – it sounds like uh, certainly the league will be making a lot more money than they were losing from Bowers drinking his Tostitos promotions away. Jesus. Good. That's one thing I'm going to miss. Tostitos, I don't remember. <laughs> That's one thing I'm going to miss. Tostitos. Jesus. Uh, Lance, uh, yeah, I don't know. Do you have anything to add to this? Well, um, not really, but I, as someone who's seen uh, two commissioners come and go in his own league, um, I uh, I hope that this isn't a uh, a temporary fix and is kind of more of a a permanent solution, as uh, it can kind of disrupt the uh, you know how how the game is played. So hopefully, uh, there won't be too many changes made and. Um, you know, uh, everyone who wants to play just is able to keep playing and, you know, doesn't have, like, a shortened season or anything like that. Not that I'm salty about that, but... Yeah. Uh, no, nothing to say. Mm. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, hey, I think I think the league itself has been doing pretty well in kind of spite of how Bowser's has been, so I think, I think they're, they're, they're bound to continue on the way they're going and they're doing pretty well. Anyway, still on the UFL here, the Montreal Royale will name 20-year UFL veteran and recently retired Stan Patton as their new offensive coordinator for the 2018 season. Patton, who was playing for the Albany Lancers and Montreal when they were relocated, is looking to give back to the team that he grew fond of by the end of his career. Quite quite a nice story to hear there. Uh, James, uh, your thoughts on this? Because I think Charles is going to give a bit on this, so I think we'll get your thoughts first. Well, I promise not to cuss this time, but this is honestly kind of a bit like telling 
app. This is sounding a bit like Dominic Romero that we talked about earlier because, well, Dominic gave his time to Eugene whenever they were in, whenever they were, well, the Roses when they were in Eugene and is giving back to the team that gave him the opportunity of the championship. And it sounds like uh, Stan Patton's given Montreal the same love and treatment that they've given him through his career. So I say it's going to be a good fit. Because he knows the culture and he knows the guys and he knows everyone on the team and what they like and don't like and what they can do and what they can't do. So, I don't know. It might be a good fit for him. Uh, yeah, I think that I think you're right there. It could be a good fit. But, I mean, sometimes you get a guy from the same club and that and you kind of, they kind of go a bit easier on everyone when they kind of need to go a little bit harder and it just doesn't work. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. It really depends on the guy you got. So... Uh, Charles, can you give us a bit of a backstory on this? Because this is your, this is your thing. You, you know the uh, Royale better than any of us. Yeah, uh, uh, well, the story with uh, Stampat, uh, it's uh, originally uh, when uh, the Lancers were relocated, uh, Patton uh, was kind of skeptical and a little more uh, negative about uh, the move. Uh, he, they didn't seem to be real interested to come to Montreal, but uh, he, he still loved the game uh, enough, so he decided to give it a shot and uh, sing the practice and uh, the, the two short years that uh, Patton was with us. Uh, he, he seemed to suddenly grew fond uh, of the fan base in Montreal. Uh, uh, everything was running uh, well because uh, uh, things were this is not necessarily going well uh, over at Abilene uh, before they were relocated. So uh, it's a great uh, feel good story and uh, the uh, the the. Uh, the, the conference uh, when they announced it and uh, the guy was really happy to be back in the uh, in the game that he, he loved and uh, he was really ready to help the guys elevate they elevate them uh, to a, a better season after the the wonderful season that uh, we had uh, last year. That's good to hear. I mean, Montreal had a great season last season. They managed to make it to the they managed to make it to the conference finals, but kind of stumbled on the last hurdle there. But hey, hopefully they can hopefully they can improve on that this season. Uh, Kova, uh, I mean, Montreal are kind of like they're kind of a rival to you. So I mean, what do you think about them kind of taking one of their own and making them an offensive coordinator? Um, well, certainly it's a very a heartwarming gesture that you know for them to kind of uh, thank one of their players who's played with them for so long. Um, I spent most of my uh, career so far actually in the other conference, so I really only faced them like uh, when they were Abilene or Montreal, really only like once um, a season. So I didn't really get to interact too much with those uh, with players in the other conference uh, as a whole. And uh, only like this past season, uh, I got traded over to Baltimore and obviously uh, conference rivals, but it was sort of in the middle of the season. So I think, I don't remember if we, if I got a chance to face them more than once, but um, don't really get to spend too much time with the uh, opposite team uh, when you only see them 
like once a season, if that. So I don't exactly remember who Patton was, to be fair, but certainly sounds like, you know, he was a big uh, influence for the team, so they want to keep him as a definitely a support. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, I'd probably agree with that. I mean, like, hey, if you got a guy who likes the team and that, sometimes it's good to keep him in on the team in some capacity. But uh, Lance, uh, what do you think about this? I mean, this is a this isn't unheard of. I mean, it's pr- it's definitely happening in the FBA. I mean, what do, what do you think about it? Well, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, you get a lot of people who are in the FBA who are really kind of loyal to the teams that they played for. Um, and as they, you know, start to age, uh, they're not really kind of fit for playing, but they actually, they probably know the team better than a lot of, uh, other people on staff because they've kind of put their heart and soul into it. Um, certainly when I was playing for Albany, uh, this was definitely the case, you know, they, that team in particular is very kind of, um, pro staying with the team after the fact um even some of the uh the people that i played with stayed on afterwards for um training purposes or even one of my ex-teammates went into the graphic design division so it's it's really nice when you get to see someone who is obviously very passionate about their team uh, be able to continue to work with the team even after their um playing careers are are over it's it's actually very heartwarming mm-hmm. yeah it is a very heartwarming thing to see I mean we're kind of seeing it now in the faffle with like Michael Vanderbeck I mean he's still a part of the Gold Coast and he's actually still playing at the moment but they do plan to transition him into a coaching position there not the head coach but they plan to give him like a like a fault line coach they plan to get him in on that and like he's doing decently well at the moment I mean we'll talk about Gold Coast a bit later but at the moment, let's head over to some news in the FBA. Uh, Nakasha Cassius is having an off-season venture here, and she is going to be managing an indie wrestling fed. Okay, this, <laughs> this is this is a bit weird. Uh, um, I think I think we'll go to James here first. Uh, James, what, what do you think about this? This is a very weird thing to be doing in an off-season, but hey, I I I, I don't think it's a bad idea. Well, first of all, you kind of butchered her name. It's Narkissa Cassius. Ah, uh, sorry. Narkissa Cassius. It's like, it's like, no kissa. Like, like you're not kissing her. No um, And then uh, you're giving the cash to us. Narkissa Cassius. Sure. That's great. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, we'll go with that. Uh, it's a... Uh, uh, Sometimes I'm no not good with names, you know. <laughs> but anyway, they're That's managing in an indie wrestling fed. Uh, James, what do you think about that? <laughs> well, this is a bold venture for anyone who's currently active on a active in another sport, going off and to try another venture in a different sort of uh, sport in general, like wrestling. When wrestling and basketball are completely polar opposites of each other and I'm sure Wild, Lance Wildfire can agree to that but uh, I don't know I think uh, it might be something she'd be good at because she is a part time boxer I've heard some stories about uh, sparring matches between her and her boyfriend that are completely 
mutual and not, you know, abusive in any sort of relationship or anything like that. It's just something that they do. <laughs> it's something they do. It's just something they do. So, you know, yeah, I, know. I don't know what to say. I don't know what else to say except <laughs> best of luck. Well, maybe I, I can add a little bit to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Narcissa is more friend is, of course, uh, Eve Carbono, uh, uh, a star, a star uh, player with the uh, Winnipeg Voyagers and uh, a great uh, uh, representative of the La Belle Province of Quebec. Uh, and uh, right. uh, she's, uh, she's really, uh, uh, she's really active and uh, really uh, fun with wrestling. Uh, actually, uh-huh. uh, the Fed was uh, uh, was a, a Christmas gift uh, from her bo- uh, from her boyfriend. Uh, uh, that uh, the boy uh, Eve uh, actually bought uh, uh, shares uh, to the wrestling Fed over in Arizona uh, for uh, uh, as a gift, so she could uh, manage it. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. in during her off time and uh, she seemed pretty eager I mean uh, she's quite she's quite an, an energetic lemur and uh, her and uh, Carbono are, are such a, 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 a nice couple to see uh, we we see it a lot over here how uh, the fans are really liking uh, them as an item uh, and like to see what's going on with them, and and uh, it it just fits her really well, uh, and I'm sure she's going to have a, a lot of fun uh, with it. Mm-hmm. Cool. I, I think she probably will too. I mean, she seems like the kind of person who'd really enjoy it. Uh, Kova, uh, we've heard that you're a bit of a wrestling guy. So, um, what do you think about this? <laughs> uh, it's definitely a pretty uh, amazing thing that her boyfriend did for her I definitely know that she is a big fan of wrestling and uh, I mean I certainly am myself I've uh, even taken a few dates here and there during uh, off season try to uh, you know dabble a little bit (laughs) yeah I mean uh, you've been doing pretty well you think you're going to take a booking for this (laughs) huh you think you're gonna take a booking for this Fed? If they I mean, offer you it, offer you it. If she, if she offered, I think you should. should. Yeah, go for it. Know. it'd be fun. Go for yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Definitely uh, keeps you in a good bit of shape mm-hmm. during the off season. Okay. Gotta have a, a good bit of training to some... get into the squared circle there. Mm-hmm. It also gives you some practice to punch people in the face during the regular season. Now, now, uh, Kova, would you wear a mask? Like so that people wouldn't know it was you, or would you, like, um, would you just kind of own your identity if you were a part of that? You know, if if you went out there. Um. Well, as is, I kind of just go as me because, um, kind well, a mask would hide my face, but it's kind of hard to cover up my uh, little uh, chest markings I got here. So. Uh, for those at home who don't know, I have a nice little pink broken heart on my chest, so 
you know, it'd be kind of hard to met, met, uh, to mix me up with some other random fox who's grappling. So yeah, that's true. You could like I get could a second mask, fox. But it would kind of not, you know, it. Would, I don't know. Uh, wouldn't really cover anything up, I guess. Uh, anyway, I think. I mean, hey, uh, no, is it Nakisha? Nakasha? Nakisha. Nakisha. Sorry, I haven't been getting your name right. Uh, can you book me as a special guest? Special guest ring announcer or. or or bell ringer or something. I want to be involved with this. Even if it's in the most mundane way possible. The way you butcher her name, though, she might be suplexing you. Oh, Jesus. Or, I mean, you might be good at this up with a commentator, maybe. <laughs> commentator, perhaps, yeah. Um, I'll see what I'm doing. I mean, hey, I've... I mean, as we're going to find out later, I'm coming over to the US in about a week and I'm commentating, commentating a game, but we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, more FBA here. Um, Williamsburg coach Morgan Roosevelt. Did I at least get that one right? Yeah, you're good. Yes. Thank God. No, you uh, Morgan Roosevelt, <laughs> the first and only coach of the Williamsburg Minutemen, has called a quits following the first round loss to the Baltimore Spirits. He started coaching at the age of 27. That that must be a record, right? That, that must be a record for youngest. It's coach. pretty close. Yeah, it's very close. Uh, the 62-year-old raccoon earned... Jesus. 1,458 wins throughout his brilliant career playing with a classic headband and goggles in his playing days. Used to be a, used to play to fill in for injuries. We will probably never see some, someone of the likes of him again, I will bet. Uh, uh, Lance, actually, we'll start with you, Lance. Um, your thoughts on Morgan Roosevelt and the legacy he's left? Well, uh, I've had some time to kind of observe his his coaching style, um, mostly because, you know, we've played against Williamsburg quite a bit um, in my career. But, um, you know, I, I think that Morgan's just such a, a great person. His passion for the sport is, is just so unrivaled. And, um, I mean, even, even as we were playing them uh, towards the, the end there, um, you could see that he, uh, you know, he, he didn't want to leave. I mean, he, um, he, it was a really tough decision for him, but, uh, um, you know, I, I do wish him the best of luck. Uh, it, the sport definitely isn't going to be the same without him. So. I agree. I mean, this, this is, this is a kind of guy that's going to be that like, this guy's got to go in the hall of fame. I think, I mean, Oh yeah, there's there's no doubt. Yeah, there's no doubt he's gonna no go. Doubt. Uh Charles, um what do you think about what did you think about Roosevelt and his legacy in that? Uh I, I still uh, I still remember uh, 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 writing and uh, listening about him uh, when I was a young goat myself uh, in the whole in the good old days and uh, it's uh, one of, he's really a one of a kind person that uh, shaped the league uh, for what it was and it's 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 really sad that it ended this way I mean, uh, it was uh, quite a, 
and no one was get, wasn't expecting uh, uh, this to end uh, as such for the Minutemen. But uh, great uh, kudos to uh, Mr. Roosevelt and his career. I'm sure uh, he, he will be able to enjoy uh, his off time pretty well. Uh, James, you want anything? You're gonna. Do you want to add anything to that? Uh, first of all, I just gotta say, uh, Charles, when I when you first said you were a young goat, I thought I heard you say young girl for a moment there. Oh, ah. It's the accent. I'm sorry, but honestly, all I have to say is he's as old as I am, and I have to say, I have to salute him on an excellent career with that many wins under his belt. I think we all have to agree with that. I think that that might be a record that never be that's never going to be broken at this rate. I think like the amount of time that he's been in the league. I mean, that's going to be either you're going to have to be like the best coach there ever was, and have to sustain that for years and years on top of years, or you're going to be able to have the longevity he had, and that's going to be that's a really tough ask in the climate climate we've got. So, uh, Kova, finally we go to you. Your thoughts on Morgan Roosevelt? Um, well, I've only, uh, as of recently, probably two years have gotten back into uh, kind of keeping tabs-ish on the uh, FBA. Um, I'm not 100% about, like, uh, the, like what... Um, I, I know that's definitely a lot of wins uh, over his career and uh, definitely, you know, sounds like it, it was a very uh, tough decision for him to, you know, kind of step uh, down from that position as a, uh, a coach there. But, um, you know, with all the uh, time and, you know, heart that he's put into that team, I'm, I'm fairly certain, you know, that uh, it might be the end of his coaching career, but he's definitely, uh, you know, going to be a big part of that team for, for you know, much longer. Mm-hmm. I agree. May maybe in a different role. I don't know. I think I think Roosevelt. That this isn't going to be the last we see of him. I think we will see him in some other capacity, but we definitely won't see him as again as coach. I think this is the end of an mm-hmm. era. But anyway, uh, moving on, uh, Lance, you're on. You're on the recent cover of Furballer. Um, care to walk us through what happened when you happened to see you get on that cover? Oh, uh, <laughs> um, can you leave me in again? Actually, you cut out. I'm sorry. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, Lance, you're on the most recent cover of Furballer. Um, how did it feel to get on there and? How, how were you contacted about? Um, how, how did it all go? Uh, hello, Lance. Lance. Oh, I, I can hear you guys now. I'm so sorry. Um, uh, we're talking about the furball, furballer cover. Um, how's the experience? Oh my God, guys. Um, so, uh. We were supposed to uh, do the photo shoot at the beginning of the season, and it got cut from uh, the uh, kind of furball schedule for for a while. Um, they uh, they decided to run a uh, a fluff piece on 
uh, the spirits instead, and it was kind of devastating. So I was so thrilled when they they contacted me back uh, a couple weeks ago and said that they they wanted to feature me, um, and it has just been such an amazing uh, experience for me. Um, I've I've had a couple of experiences with some uh, less than reputable uh, magazines before, and uh, that was that was fun. Um, but uh, you know, the fact that uh, Furballer really wanted to uh, feature me for for this month really uh, it just meant so much to me. It, you know, it, it kind of confirmed for me that I was actually uh, you know had gotten to a place in my career that really uh you know i i was pleased with you know i'm i'm mm-hmm. i'm very happy to to have been asked and uh uh you know when uh the interview that i did with cedric o'toole was just uh so it was great um you know and everyone at the magazine was was uh was really nice um it was just probably the one of the best experiences of my life mm-hmm I I bet it was. I mean, hey, I mean, you did make a good cover there. I think, I think, um, honestly, I mean, I, I mean, I'm surprised you're not on, on even more covers. I mean, I, I'm surprised FSPN haven't tried to put you on the cover of their magazine yet. So I mean, that's kind of surprising. But hey, at least you got on Furball, and that's that. That's very good. Uh, we're moving on to the Wallstein family. They have bought partner. They bought the partner shares of the Huntsville Mayors, and they are now the majority owners. So, uh, Charles, walk walk us through it. Uh, well, the Wallstein family uh, uh, has been really known uh, to be uh, a really su- su- successful uh, uh, group uh, of bovines. Uh, and uh, especially with uh, someone in the family uh, that's been having a, a, a good career uh, over in the uh, in the NBA, I think it's Miriam uh, doing all right. So uh, it's another great step for the family to really take control of the team. And from what I heard. Uh, uh, they uh, even uh, uh, I think they uh, hired uh, some someone uh, uh, close to the family as uh, the assistant coach. If I, I'm uh, certain, I haven't seen the news uh, uh, much uh, really uh, recently. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, hey. I mean, yeah. Uh, James, anything you want to add to that? Uh, all I know about the Wallstein family is they adopt just about everything and everyone into their family. So it's like, uh, what is this? Some sort of like family mob group or something, or just some group of hippies that like to welcome everyone into their fold and do sorts of weird parties with, uh, good. Magical juice or something like all that. Right, all know. right, all right, we get the point. <laughs> but uh, so it wouldn't be out of place if they were renamed the Huntsville Wallsteins. It wouldn't be out of place. Okay, uh, let's move on to uh, Lance here. Lance, your thoughts on this? <laughs> so, um, you know, especially in, in Albany, uh, Huntsville was 
kind of our uh, unofficial rival. Um, you know, I good for the Wallsteins. I mean, uh, the if they want to go full head on into that venture of owning a, a an FBA team, uh, more power to them. I mean, um, it's uh, you know when 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 your team was the Huntsville Mayors. I mean, you've you've, you've only got so many options. So um, I'll, I'll try to keep this civil uh, and uh, just wish them luck. Okay, and um, let's see. Uh, moving, moving on to the Chinese media giants. Currently, they're in talk. The Zimmerman Group, also known as the Old Sesame Group in the English-speaking world, has officially announced that they are currently in talks to acquire an existing FBA franchise on the twenty-fourth of May 2018. It's too early to reveal any names yet, as we've only just gone past the beginning of stages talks, said official spokesperson Simon Zhang from the corporation's American headquarters. We've been looking forward to getting into the FBA for quite a while, and we hope to secure a satisfactory result. Our Sesame Group president, James Ma, is well known in China to be a fan of basketball and is likely to invest heavily in the team's players and infrastructure should they succeed in a franchise. So, uh... We'll start off with uh, Charles on this. Um, what do you think about this? This this could be big. Well, uh, certainly uh, after what uh, happened recently with Westerling, uh, I think uh, I think uh, it's it's going to be really interesting to see how things are going. I mean, uh, from what I heard, this uh, company seemed uh, respectable compared to. Uh, to uh, what uh, has happened with Westerling, and uh, it it will be uh, uh, sure uh, be uh, 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 revealing an ongoing story to see uh, where they're going to go because uh, there's uh, there's potential of having uh, not only there's uh, Baltimore that uh, uh, right now seeking new owners, but there's other teams. From what I heard, uh, that we'll be talking in a little while. Uh, so, uh, it'll be uh, it'll be uh, something. Uh, I'm looking forward to see what is, uh, is going to happen on that end. Okay, we're kind of having a few technical difficulties here. I think. I mean, I heard you a bit there, cut out a little bit. Um, so, hmm, guys, should we try and, should we, should we have to come back again? Well, not come back again, like, should we have to try and go out and then come back in? Yes, uh, sir, maybe I'll, I'll try to, uh, to check this out. Okay, we'll be back in a minute. Back in a sec. And we're back. Uh, we were talking about the Chinese media giants and talks to acquire an FBA team. Uh, Chinese media corporation, OSET, the OSESME group have been trying to look like they're going to try and acquire a team. Uh, let's go over to Lance Wildfire about his thoughts on the whole deal. Do we know what team, like, at all that they're looking at? Um, I'm pretty sure it's not Bangor, because uh, I, I think we would have heard about that, but um, there's other there's 23 other teams. Do we have any guesses whatsoever? Like, 
it's kind of disconcerting to know that that uh, you know a, a group overseas is is looking to buy the um, or you know buy a team. Um, it kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, Omen Tech owning um, the Santa Ana Spectrums, and it, it just gives me a really bad vibe. Well, I mean, I don't know who they're trying to go for, but I mean, keep in mind uh, the next story is gonna kind of may give us a hint here. Um, but uh, Kova, I mean, I mean, like, what do you think about this? I mean, this is kind of a weird group to be trying to own a basketball team, isn't it? I mean, certainly. Um, I, to be honest, didn't know anything about any corporations owning anything. So I don't even know who these people are. The Sesame Group? Yeah, they're a, they're a Chinese media group that apparently are in talks to acquire an existing FBA franchise. It's only been recent news, though, so I mean, not much else yeah. has come out about it. Fair enough. Um... Yeah, this is the first I'm hearing about it, so I, I don't know too much, to be fair. So, um, we're going to go to James, finally. Uh, your thoughts on this? I mean, this is... I mean, sometimes you get this kind of stuff, but, I mean, sometimes, like, most of the time, it's normally just a family or a, some guy. I mean, it's normally not a corporation like this. Yeah, and, uh... I'm honestly... Uh... I heard from, uh... Sorry, Char sorry, Charles. I keep forgetting. I keep blanking on your name. I kind of echo what Charles says. I hope they're not like another Westling group. Glad that bastard's gone. You can give me one for that one, Todd. Take it. <laughs> Shut up, Fred. All right. But, uh, but yeah, I don't think this will be another Westling story. I'm hoping it's not. But uh, I don't know. It's gonna be a Wednesday basis because we don't really know who they're pursuing right now. Yeah, that's a good question, but I mean, this next story could provide the key to it. Uh, the Winnipeg Voyages owner, Pierre Rattel, is looking actively for a potential buyer, with the main goal being to keep the team where they are in Canada. It has been reported by Mitch Dunn. Uh, guys, uh, this could easily tie into our previous story. Uh, Charles, what do you think? Could they end up going... Could O'Sesame end up going for the Voyages, or will it be someone else? Uh, well, I really don't know. Uh, I mean, uh, it, it would surely uh, be uh, heartbreaking for Winnipeg fans if uh, the Voyager will leave Canada, especially where we only have two teams uh, with uh, Edmonton, and uh, the Winnipeg Voyager. I mean, uh, I was able to maybe catch a, a few uh, a few uh, comments from Eve Carbono uh, 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 with a phone call, and uh, from what he said, uh, he uh, he feel pretty confident that the the team will stay will remain uh, in Winnipeg. Uh, I mean, uh, it, it'd be sad for him if uh, the team were, were to go, but uh, he can't really do much about it as it's uh, part of the business. But uh, uh, I'd really dedicated fans and uh, I, I would uh, it would be a, a sad day if uh, uh, they, they were to leave. 
Yeah, I would agree on that. I mean, it's always you always you don't want to have to see a team relocate. I mean, you're always pretty much like you're like, did they really have to move? Really? You're always kind of like that. Uh, Lance, we'll get. What are your opinions on this? Could this could both of these stories, the OSS group and Pierre Russell looking to actively sell the team, uh, could they be joined together? I don't think so. Um, I mean. I don't want to sound racist or anything, but you know, usually when uh, an overseas uh, Asian uh, company is is interested in the FBA, they're they're usually looking at West Coast teams. Okay. Um, so you know, I would guess if I had to have a wild shot in the dark, um, I'd say that the um, the Osesme Group is probably looking at more like San Jose or even Hawaii. Um, someplace that's closer to their geographic location. Um, I don't Alaska? know that. Uh, possibly Alaska, yeah, even. Um, I don't think uh, Pierre Riel would would sell uh, to a corporation like that. I think he's got in uh, you know a lot of respect for his team and and would sell it to someone who who would continue on in their traditions as opposed to someone who would be interested in moving it somewhere warmer as it were okay uh james your thoughts on this um anything i don't really have any thought i don't have anything to add to this really it's just right now it's all still speculation so i'm not gonna say anything until i know for sure that i'm also trying to be a good boy for everyone over there at the sound booth and everything like that and Mm -hmm. they're giving me thumbs up i'm being a good boy now all right uh Finally, uh, Kova, anything you want to add to this? Like, I mean, your thoughts on, like, teens relocating or, or anything like that or, like, any speculation? Um, I don't know anything about any sort of speculation, but certainly um, a, a team leaving any area, you know, in any sort of context, it's a definitely a big... Um, a big deal because you know a, a team is more than just you know a bunch of players playing in one area they're like kind of ingrained in the uh you know the culture and you know uh the they're ingrained in the you know the city that they play in so to speak so you know taking that team and moving it somewhere else you're you know kind of uprooting the fan base even slightly and it's definitely uh not a situation that uh, I think anybody wants to be a part of or have happen, you know, to a team that they've been following for however long. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would agree with that. I mean, hey, last thing you want to see is your team get moved somewhere else. That, that is always, you do not want that. But anyway, uh, considering that our last three stories here seem to be the Faffle and we're really running long on around the world, uh, let's just head over to the FAFL. I got a long road to walk down To catch a tram to my favorite ground Use my legs, use my voice Make some noise, support the boys And that's what football means to me That's how I like my footy to be And well that's the thing about That's what I like about Yeah that's the thing about The thing about football that's what I love about 
And guys, to start off here, um, we've got the US game between Geelong and East Sydney coming up on June the 3rd. I'll be there covering the game. Uh, last year's game was a pretty much a success. I mean, the result wasn't, well, close. But I mean, like, I mean, they're coming back and doing it again. So, I mean, at least that's something. So, I mean, we're going to have at least an interesting game here. Uh... Anyone want to add anything to this? I mean, it's just, I mean, come on, it's just, uh, we're just bringing up the game at the moment. <laughs> yeah, it, it surely is go it's going to be uh, interesting. I mean, uh, the U.S. game, uh, uh, it would sure help uh, to, to bring the interest and a little more following. I mean, I, I've been doing my best to try to follow the Fafel, uh and uh, watching a couple of games uh, at the office when I can. And uh, things uh, seem to be uh, uh, pretty uh, in interesting so far. I've been also looking out uh, for uh, our Canadian prospect, Dernay, that's been uh, uh, playing for the Fremantle, I believe. Yeah, uh, And uh, so she seemed to be doing pretty well for yeah, herself. Yeah, she's doing pretty well. I mean... If I I gotta check the, I'm gonna check for the archives here and uh, she's actually been she was actually nominated for the Jimmy Nguyen Medal for best rookie and that was in round five so I think she could if she keeps this up could win the award but I mean it will be a tough challenge with uh, with some of these other players they're doing pretty well as well so I think there may be a chance she could win it I don't know it really depends on how the rest of her season goes but. At the moment, we will move on from the U.S. game. Check it out on June the 3rd. We'll be, it will be streamed on FFL Grandstand. I'll be on it. I don't know who else will be joining me at this point, but it will be revealed in the coming days on the on FFL 360. Uh, I, I just want to, uh, before we move on from uh, yeah. there, I just want to say I'm, I'm really looking forward to that game. Um, I, uh, I admit that my eyes have been... Uh, opened quite a bit in terms of the FAFL. Um, I think uh, I've been quoted in the media uh, a couple years back um, as uh, making some offhand comments about, oh yeah, you know, the the furry Australian football league. That's like soccer, right? Uh, and uh, I've, I know, remember ever that. since... <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> ever since I made that, that, that comment, uh, you know, a lot of my fans have have really, uh, you know, been very quick to correct me, and uh, uh, it, it actually got me interested in the, in, in the sport. I'm really looking forward to that game. Um, I, I've kind of been a, you know, a, a closeted fan ever since, um, and uh, yeah, I, I, unless I'm uh, involved in some sort of playoff game at that point, uh, you know, I've I've already got tickets, so I'm 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 planning on uh, I'm seeing the game myself. Mm -hmm. Uh, actually, I should probably go to cover here. Uh, your thoughts on this? Um, well, I definitely uh, remember last year's uh, game when uh, everybody came down. Uh, got to spend a little bit of time with the Geelong players. It was kind of fun, kind of, you know, a little bit of uh, showing each other how the other side plays, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Um it's no joke. Those guys hit really hard, and that's coming from someone who plays football and wrestles. So, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I was holding my own, and that's about all I could say for that. But um, 
the game, I'd say it was a huge success, even with the um, result being how it was. There was a lot of, uh, you know, build to it. And it, you know, uh, it was definitely very hyped up and it was uh, said to be a great matchup. And then, you know, then the game played. So, but yeah. I mean, it was a fun <laughs> experience getting to uh, interact with some of the uh, Australian uh, players. Mm-hmm. That, that, that would have been a good experience. Uh, I mean, finally, uh, James, I don't know if you have any thoughts on this. I mean, if we had... If, mm, I do not. If we had Actor Lewis, he'd probably give some of the experience of talking to the Melbourne players who are not there this year. They'll be East Sydney we're coming instead. So, yeah, that'll be an interesting game. We'll keep... Yeah, I'll keep people update on FFL 360 on who will who will actually join me on the game so keep an eye on for that uh the week afterwards we've got the essential all-star week the state of origin weekend we've got south australia taking on tasmania so essentially expect to see expect to see people like steve lambert jacob hawkins jr uh De- rookie Derek bristol and perhaps even like who oh uh james Oland in that game uh Western Australia take on... What? Aaron, okay? Okay, I'll take it as it is. Uh, Western Australia, we take you on New South Queensland, Northern Territory. Um, in in that match, um, we've got... You're going to have probably the Walker Brothers and, Queen, and Gold Coast, uh, Brendan Murphy taking on... Let's see, Lido Smith from the Gulk. Well, not Gulk, I say more. He's in Brisbane. Uh, <laughs> and um, Faith St. Clair from East Sydney. Quite a few stars there. And finally, Victoria, we take you on New South Wales ACT on the Queen's birth- birthday holiday, where they will be taking on. Where essentially Victoria will have a star side lineup. Meanwhile, New South Wales ACT will probably have some people like uh, Beatrice Warrior, Austin Warner. I think there's going to be a lot there. I think that's going to be an interesting matchup at the MCG. Uh, guys, what do you think? That's uh, quite a, a lot of special uh, uh, special uh, games uh, for for a season. It's well, it's like if the FBA or the other league has several all-star games uh, within their season. It's it's really surprising uh, uh, for, from a, a, a league and a sport like this. I mean, definitely, but I mean, it's always kind of been like that. I mean, it, it was a, like this was a huge part of the sport in general for a long time. I mean, like you had the state leagues, and then you had this state of origin thing until about 1975, when the FAFL came to be. So essentially. Since then, it's just kind of been like an all-star weekend for, well, just, just, well, I mean, it's an all-star weekend. I mean, it's just like chance to play for your state without having to play, having to join your team in the state. So essentially, you got pretty much all-star teams from each state. So the best of each state plays for these teams. So, excuse me. I think it's a, I think it's great. Um, I, I always love when... Uh, you know, athletes are able to kind of show off their their own natural skills, especially in situations where they're not like necessarily over practiced or um, really just kind of have a lot of pressure on them. It's 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 really fun to kind of just watch them play. I agree. These, 
These always, these always are some of the best games. I mean, trust me. I mean, this year we don't really have a, we don't really have like the really big, like we don't have the really big rivalry like Victoria versus South Australia, Victoria versus Western Australia, Western Australia versus South Australia, New South Wales ACT versus Queensland. It's, it's. We got a few other ones here, but these should be some decent matches. So I think be on the lookout for that. Uh, we've got, uh, Bayako is halfway to his second 100-goal season in his career. This is a huge milestone. I mean, it's only round seven. He's already kicked 50 goals. That's a huge achievement for the guy, and he, this is, if he keeps this up, uh, Brisbane should be, should be looking pretty good. I mean, hey, if you can kick 100 goals in the season, that is a huge accomplishment. Not everyone does, not everyone does that, so, yeah, he's on a roll at the moment. Uh... Charles, what do you think? Uh, well, uh, it's uh, really uh, amazing, especially coming from uh, uh, Brisbane's been a special teams, and uh, they've been doing pretty well, uh, being on top of the league almost uh, for uh, for a little while. Yeah, they have actually really good. We'll be talking about them in a minute. Um, anyone else want to add to that? Uh, no? No? Okay, well, we'll move on then. Uh, meanwhile, Rocker McManus from Fremantle and Faith St. Clair from East Sydney are looking like early favourites for the CJ Willing Trophy at this point. I mean, both of them have been great in the midfield for their respective teams, and if it wasn't for them, then these teams, these two teams definitely wouldn't be in the spot they're in right now. So, I mean, congrats to them. Let's, I mean, if they can keep this form up, they might actually win the, the highly coveted trophy. So, I mean, it's like, it's essentially our version of the MVP award. So if you can if they can keep this up, I think one of them might have the have that trophy I have that trophy, so that would be pretty good. Uh moving on to the current standings in the on the Faffle ladder at the moment. Uh Gold Coast are currently on top uh with a six and one record. Followed by Melbourne and Brisbane in second and third, with uh, both teams essentially being divided by percentage here, with Melbourne having the better percentage so they're second. Fremal by this themselves at in fourth with a four and three record. A huge fight for fifth at the moment between East Sydney, Hobart, Orange, and Adelaide, with East Sydney in fifth, Orange in sixth, Hobart in seventh, Adelaide in eighth here. Uh, everyone's on three and four and pretty much divided by percentage here. If it wasn't for East Sydney's huge win over the last weekend, uh, Orange would be in fifth at the moment. So essentially then we've got Geelong with a bit of, who have had a bit of a horror run this year. 2-5, currently ninth. Meanwhile, Doan on the bottom with a 1-6 record, though they could have easily have won several other games. So, very close ladder there. Anyone can really make, can still make the finals at the moment. Maybe not Darwin at this point, but they could keep up. Uh, so, speaking of the teams there, uh, Brisbane are currently setting the league on fire in their first season. I have never seen an expansion team like this. I mean... I mean, you look in most leagues and they haven't done very well, and then suddenly here's the Brisbane Brumbies and they're five and two, and one game behind the ladder leader. It's 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 amazing. Like this is a this is a huge accomplishment for them. I mean, Charles. I mean, I've never seen anything like it. I mean, what do you think? Well, uh, uh, 
usually in any type of sports, uh, when there's an expansion thing coming, uh, you always expect uh, not too much from them in their first season. Uh, but uh, this time, seems that the GM for uh, Brisbane has done a wonderful job in picking its players because they seem to have gelled well and uh, actually really... Uh, uh, sorry, excuse me. Yeah, that's fine. We are setting the tone, actually, uh, with Bayako. Uh, and uh, it'd be, it'd be uh, fun to see uh, till the very end uh, how they're going to go, as whether they stay the same competitive or uh, things might uh, start to uh, dwindle down, uh, down the end. It, it'd be really interesting. It definitely is. I mean, you didn't expect the team to go this well in their first season. I think this might be, they might set the record for being the best expansion team out there, I think, in any league. Like, this is, oh, man, this is, you didn't expect that. I mean, hey, Carver, I mean, I mean, if if Portland or Nashville did this, um... I mean, come on, it'd be a bit of a... It, it would really be surprising. <laughs> it'd be a head-scratcher for sure. Definitely. Uh, Carver, your thoughts on this? Um, well, I've, uh, like I said, got to meet the people at the last U.S. game, and I've been kind of following here and there. And um, from what I saw of the... Um, like the recap of the expansion draft, basically. Um, uh, Brisbane ended up almost with like an all-star team of their own to start out with, which uh, seems to have been working out great for them. Uh, The GM, I guess, got a really good coach in there as well to kind of, you know, get everybody on the same page and get everybody working toward the same goal. And it's been, it looks like it's been working like wonders for them. It definitely is. I mean, at this point, I think Zoe Burnley might be in the running for Coach of the Year at this point. I mean, jeez, I mean, it'd probably be, I think at this point, it'd be either her, her, um, rookie Theresa Mahoney, uh, or even Brian Shadowworth, and perhaps even William Kembro, who we had on the the last show. So I think there are a few coaches here who could win Coach of the Year here at the moment with the form they'd gone. Gold Coast are also doing very well. I mean, some people thought last year was perhaps a bit of a fluke for the team, but they're proving it now that it certainly wasn't. Six and one in the ladder. Well, six and one first in the ladder, six and one record. They have all... They have been... I mean, they've been close to a few losses here and there. I mean, one point lo- one point win to, against Hobart. That could have gone the easily gone the other way. They've been lucky to have this record, but I think... Guys, this... Could this be the year that they finally break that long drought that has been premiership drought that has been with the team since it since its inception back in 1974? I mean, they they first played in the first season in the Faffel, and they've played in nine grand finals, but they haven't won any of them. So I mean, is this is this probably a year they break it at this rate? Because I mean, this is a huge record, and they're flying at the moment. So, what do you guys think? Uh, it, it will certainly be their time now. It's uh, it's uh, theirs to lose at this point. Uh, 
uh, I mean, uh, they uh, they got the, the path uh, clear uh, uh, for the title since Orange is not doing so much well. Uh, so uh, it, it seems that pretty evident that uh, uh, the, the the stranglehold of uh, the miners uh, uh, of uh, the championship title might head this year. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, I mean, at this point, it's all all team ahead. But you have to be careful because they are a tough team like Melbourne and uh, even the Brumbies uh, that uh, uh, can be uh, potential uh, contenders. So uh, it, it's going to be a great fight to the finish. I agree. It definitely will be. I mean, don't count out Fremantle either. I mean, they're only just a game behind Brisbane and Melbourne. So I mean. They could, they could easily come into the fold as well. I mean, they've got a decent team there. I mean, Rupert Mirat was a very good pickup for them. And, like, they've got him and Jervis Jansen backing up Colin Travson, who's finally getting back in the form. And, like, this team, this team's starting to look pretty good as well. I mean, they, they made the preliminary final two years ago. They could end up doing it again this year at this rate. But it's going to be a tough fight here. Speaking of tough fights, uh, we're going to have a quick look at the... Actually, before we get to the multi-team fight for the fifth spot, uh, Geelong's horror run. Oh, jeez. It is. It has not been a good year for Geelong. Like, they got a win last weekend against Hobart, but before that, they were 1-5. in five. Like, they were on the bottom of the ladder. Like, this has been... Like, for a team that made it to the finals last year, kind of limped in, though... This has been... This has not been good. Like, it's like... At the moment, they could barely even win an egg and spoon race, let alone the Premiership. This is like, I mean... They've made some decent moves, but I mean, it, they're not making them stick. It's like, it's... What is going on here? Well, uh, we, we've seen a lot of this happening in, uh... Uh, I think a lot of different sports right now, you know, um, as... Uh, players are brought to the team uh, general managers are, are kind of looking at kind of the immediate future and they're not really looking past the you know the upcoming season so you you have a teams that are do really really well for a season and then they seem to fall apart especially after that you know kind of amazing run that they have um and I think that it's kind of indicative of professional sports at the moment um, in general is that you have, you have these general managers who are kind of doing everything they can to get that uh, championship run or, or, or get close to it. And they're not really considering what it, you know, what may occur down the line. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of a bit of a thing there. I mean, they didn't. They tried to go for some players, but I don't think they looked at some of their other ones and thought perhaps maybe it was time to let them go. And I think they're starting to kind of pay the price at the moment. So I mean, you never know. I mean, they could bounce back and do pretty well. So I mean, you never know. I mean, Charles. I mean, this has not been good for Geelong, has it? Uh, we we kind of expected that uh, from uh, earlier in the season, uh, especially with all the the highly con uh, controversial uh, pickups that uh, the team had, uh, and 
we might as well figure that it was going to be chaos within this team. Uh, while we didn't earn as much, uh, maybe uh, it's lingering and we don't know it. So uh, as, uh, not too long ago, uh, uh, the the owner of the, the GM of the is the GM of the team that threat, threatened uh, uh, the coach uh, to fire him yeah, if he gonna, did that win. I was gonna say. Um... Coach Andy McMichaels has been on, under a lot of stress at the moment. I mean, like I've been hearing rumors that he could have easily have gotten the sack to at least at least a few weeks ago. I mean, he's hanging on to that job by a thread at the moment. This is this is not looking good for him. And as so, if if Jack Knight comes out and says, "I give full confidence to this guy," yeah, no, he's not going to last the end of the season. So, yeah, that's going to be a situation we're going to have to keep an eye on. But anyway, going from a team that's struggling to teams that are trying to fight for one spot to get them into the finals, the multi-team fight for fifth, East Sydney, Hobart, Orange, and Adelaide are all fighting for that one spot on the ladder to get them into the finals. And, oh boy, this is going to be a close one. This is going to be close. I mean, East Sydney currently at fifth. Meanwhile, Orange a sixth, Hobart a seventh, Adelaide a eighth. All these teams can make the finals and do have the talent to make the finals, but at the moment, only one of them can get into that one spot to get them into the finals. So, uh, guys, this is going to be very interesting. Uh, I think I'm going to go to Charles again here. Uh, who do you think out of those four teams could make it to the finals out of all of them? Well... Uh, from what I've been hearing, uh, of course, you can't count out Orange. I mean, even if they seem to have lost a little of his or their luster, uh, they still are a veteran team that have uh, been the, doing the uh, knows the game uh, well. Uh, but uh, there's also uh, East Sydney that showed a lot of promise. But uh, from what I've seen, uh, injuries has been slowing them down uh, a, a, a lot. Uh, uh, recently, it's not the uh, the, the 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 greatest of uh, start of the season that they were expecting, uh, but uh, you can never know. Uh, but uh, uh, if I, uh, I I'm really uh, looking between East Sydney and Orange to take the spot, uh, that's pretty much what uh, all I, I'm saying for the moment. Mm-hmm. I mean, Adelaide, it was kind of, considering the, how their list was, I think it's a miracle they're even in this spot to begin with, so... Uh, they they could pull it off, maybe, but they'd need a lot of luck their way. Hobart need to be a lot more consistent. If they can be a lot more consistent, they can get the spot. Uh, I'm probably going to go with you, go with you, Charles, here. I think Easton and Orange are probably the teams to look out for in this. Uh, anyone else want to add anything? Anyone? Anyone? Uh, I assume it's pretty clear. Yeah, I think it's pretty clear here. Uh, okay, we got the final things to talk about the Faffle here. We've got some upcoming big games. Uh, Gold Coast, we take it on Fremantle on Friday Night Football in Round 9 at the at Carrara Stadium, the first game at Carrara this season. Due to the due to Commonwealth Games, the team has not been allowed to be on the ground. So finally, next... Next round in round nine, they'll be on there. So finally, they'll be back home. Uh, 
Same round, Saturday Night Football. We've got Prison taking on Orange of the Gabba. The new kids take on the old guard and what should be an interesting matchup. I think perhaps this could be if this is if Brisbane can win this, I think I think Orange, I think it might put Orange out of the premiership contention here. I mean they're kind of already out of it now, but if they lose this to Brisbane, I think that's gonna be three out of three teams in the top three that they've lost to. So if they can't beat them, they might not really have a chance. And of course there's the second annual US game between Geelong and East Sydney, that's going to be round 9 as well. And finally, round 10, we've got Melbourne versus Hobart at the MCG. This is after State of Origin, a week's break after State of Origin, as I should say. Last time they met, it was a very close game. Hobart managed to win by 6 points, pull in an absolute thriller. So, if you like your close games, you're probably this is probably going to be another one. So, keep your eye on that one. So, yeah, that's, that's currently what's going on in the FAFL. I think it's time we go to the UFFL. And finally, we can get some of our guys to start talking again. <laughs> uh, good. I know some of you guys are the biggest experts on the faffle. Doing our best. We're doing our best. Yeah, true, true. Yeah. And we had the UFL expansion draw for the Roses and the Nashville Tuts, so... Uh, in the first selection, Portland selected Blake Riggins from Mo the Montreal Royale, and Nashville selected Dallas Larkin from the North Florida Renegades as their first pick. So, uh, guys, I I'm going to start with Cover on this one. Um, what did you think of the expansion draft? Um, well, it was uh, certainly an exciting thing to watch. Um, I actually got to watch it live, which was pretty neat. Um... Uh, luckily, my GM, uh, GM, former GM, I don't know, it was a weird situation to kind of handle. But uh, they put me on their protection list, so basically neither team could pick me up. So I was basically just, <clears throat> excuse me, watching to see who was, uh, I guess, who my future opponents were going to be, if anything. Mm -hmm. But um, watching uh, the first picks being uh, Riggins and uh, Larkin, uh, it was very interesting because you, uh, as you know, as the night went on, you got to see kind of how each team was uh, planning out their uh, strategy for the season, I guess, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it was interesting to see both teams going on a different strategy. Uh, James, uh, what did you think of of the <coughs> draft? Um, do you want to explain to us perhaps some of the strategies that have been in the been in this draft? James. Well, <laughs> uh, hold on, Mike. Is my mic on? Yes, it is. Uh, I honestly don't know what their strategy is, but I think they're trying, both Nashville and Portland are trying not to, no offense to New Orleans and uh, Miami, they're trying not to have the same record that they had the last year. They're looking for some star-studded talent, and they're 
doing the best they can with what they have available because, uh, let's see, Blake Riggins is a good quarterback, but uh, if you look at teams that have their protection list, like Texas and stuff like that, Texas protected all three of their quarterbacks, and a lot other teams protected like a majority of their best players, so they didn't really give a lot of leeway for both teams, but there were still a lot of diamonds in the rough, both on offense and defense. So they're trying to set themselves up in a good position to at least get a fair amount of wins this year and at least try and make a push for the playoffs. Yeah, that I would agree with that. I think some they were kind of learning from the mistakes of uh, Miami and New Orleans, which they might be in the same boat that Don are with the Faffle. I mean, they might be struggling for a bit. But anyway, uh, Charles, what did you think of this expansion draft? Well, it's pretty interesting uh, to see uh, the, the draft. It's always exciting. Uh, it, it was quite surprising to see... Uh, uh, well, it, it's kind of uh, sad to see Riggins go, but uh, from last season, uh, it was really clear to me and to many uh, analysts uh, in Montreal that uh, Montreal was putting all the, their chips uh, into uh, Tyron Appleby uh, for the future, for uh, what he, he shown. Uh, I mean, uh, he he was uh, he was in the running for rookie offensive rookie of the year. Uh, uh, I mean, special. I mean, uh, those if you check the talents, uh, depending how the free agency will go, uh, Portland and portland and nashville could be surprising next season i think they could be i mean there is a potential to for them to be but i mean as we said before with all expansion teams you gotta wait and see sometimes you get a brisbane situation sometimes you don't like it really does depend i mean like brisbane might is kind of a diamond in the rough in the faff of the moment and like as we've seen in the ufl the other two expansion teams that they've had have not been going so well so i mean hey it really is going to depend on how well this stuff goes. I mean, good luck to Portland, good luck to Nashville here. Uh, Lance, any any thoughts on this? It's always interesting to me when you have got an expansion draft because, uh, you know, uh, the teams that are selecting are, are both picking for themselves, but they're also pulling away from other teams. And it, it it's a huge amount of strategy especially like i really don't have a head for football uh but um it, it'll be interesting how uh you know the montreal royal and the uh the north florida renegades uh are affected by the the picks um just because you know no team is safe really in 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 the expansion draft and a lot of times if you've got a plan for the following season that can be completely ruined by uh you know just one player leaving so it's it'll be interesting to see how how the next season kind of pans out because of it mm-hmm. yeah it'll be interesting to see meanwhile in the free agency has begun in the ufl uh teams will expand to 53 players don't know much about the salary cap yet, and there still is a lot with the realignment to go, so I think there is still still things here, so that's kind of more of a story in progress. Uh, 
Carver, I mean, we'll talk to you about free agency. Uh, you've kind of been around and back at some teams, but I mean, you're a good, you're a great talent. So I think you're finally starting to get noticed by the league. So I think, so I mean, what do you think about this free agency period? And honestly, where do you expect to go, or do you think we'll give you an offer? Um, well, free agency is a bit of a mixed bag at times because, you know, um, at first you don't know where you might be uh, going. Uh, I've actually kind of been ha uh, pretty proud of myself as uh, the last couple seasons I've been able to sort of raise my stock as the saying goes because uh, certainly when I first uh, joined into the league, uh, uh, when we when the they did the first draft and I ended up going to uh, Downriver, um, the analysis on me specifically was that um, I that I was going to be basically a work in progress. That it was going to take about two three seasons before I really started, uh, you know. Uh, Playing well, two, two, three seasons down the line, I'd be a great player. But for the moment, it'd be a gamble. Mm -hmm. And uh, as much as I don't like saying it, they were kind of right because it took about two seasons. And then, uh, I mean, I, I had my moments here and there where, you know, I was able to, you know, uh, help us uh, take the uh, waves and push them into the playoffs and then stuff happened and then you know had my moments here and there where you know I shined but like it's been a bit more consistent these past two seasons mm -hmm. but um, I think you really I think you need to kind of take that and like shove it in their faces you know I I, I mean you're I, I could but that's one that's not the kind of person I am. It's not, you know, they made a decision that they felt would be best for their team, and um, you know, their decision was their decision. I, you know, no sense, uh, you know, crying over spilled milk or whatever the phrasing might be. Mm -hmm. um, and given how they've fared these past couple seasons, uh, feels almost like I'd be kicking them while they're down. So no sense in, you know, uh, poking at old wounds, as it were. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, as I forgot, I mean, like, Lance is kind of going through the same situation you, you're you currently going through a bit. Like, he bounced around a lot of teams, and it took him a while to really become top of the league, and look where he is. I mean, hey, if he can do that, you can definitely do that in the UFFL. That's kind of what I mean. Eight. I mean, you know, I I mm -hmm. was once called... Oh, well, he's... Oh, what, what's that... Uh, okay, I think we'll have a bit of a thing. Uh, we're fixing his mic, people. Uh, we'll go to Marty. Uh, your thoughts on the free agency? Marty? Uh, you, you there? What was the question again? Uh, just, just talk us through. Someone just talk about free agency. I think, I think Lance's mic's gone out. Um, well, uh, free agency uh, is going to be really interesting this year. Uh, from what uh, I've seen, uh, 
uh, from what I see, uh, there's going to be a lot of great talent to pick up this season. And uh, what's really going to be uh, crucial is how the teams are going to manage uh, to uh, uh, to uh, uh, take uh, choose uh, the player for the roster. Uh, and especially with Titan rising, uh, the contract also going to rise as well. And uh, it will be also interesting to see what the league is going to uh, decide on uh, the salary cap uh, once they had uh, a, a governor's meeting uh, and stuff. Uh, so uh, it's going... Uh, I, I'm sure it's going to be exciting. Right now, uh, the teams are looking uh, at uh, uh, si uh, resigning some pl their players from last season before really getting into uh, the the big thing, which uh, is uh, when open season for all the players. So uh, I'll look forward to it. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, hey, if it, well, geez, we're kind of waiting for Lance's mic to be fixed because he kind of had a good speech coming up. So I mean. Look, I mean, Francie, it's like I mean, come on, like we're gonna have a bit of trouble here again. Uh, God, guys, I think do we think we need to invest in some new mics? <laughs> I think we need to invest in a new studio. Uh, perhaps, yeah. <laughs> uh, Carver, you're still with us. Is your mic working? Yeah, yeah, I'm. Uh, I still hear you guys. I think my mic's still working. Don't have to smack it around. Yeah, I guess to sort of keep talking a little bit, uh, to go off of what uh, Charles had said, um, certainly a, um, it, from what I've been uh, hearing from uh, you know, people around the league, um, it seems like it's a very large... Uh, free agency pool this go around I think uh, a lot of uh, a lot of contracts sort of ran out at the uh, end of the last season so uh, definitely teams are scrambling to uh, you know keep their sort of star player base uh, intact and then try to accentuate that with new players especially uh, with the new uh, uh, 53 player roster that they have to build so uh, definitely going to be an interesting off season to say the least especially uh, uh, whenever the league uh, I guess uh, whenever they decide on what the cap will be certain the owners and the GMs and whatnot will be uh, waiting patiently and uh, doing whatever they can to try to put their uh, best foot forward toward the next season Cool, cool. I think I would agree. They're all going to try and do their best there. Uh, Lance, you're in the middle of an inspirational speech when your mic cut out. Um, I think it's <laughs> trying. Do you want to try and do it again? or? I'll give, I'll give you the highlights. Uh, basically, I, I was just saying that, you know, my, my first couple of years, they called me the worst player in the league. Um, and that that actually, I use that as inspiration to get better and and uh, you know, I I guess now I'm kind of proving everyone wrong. Um, so anytime you hear like an analyst give you criticism, just use that as inspiration and and just work use it to work to get better. That's all. 
So yeah, can I would just take that, take that, take some of that advice. I mean, Lance has been able to go from like what they called the worst player in the league to to probably the best player in the league. So I think if he can do it, you can do it. I think we're all counting on you to do it. I think. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, I certainly, well, certainly this go around, I believe it'll be a a much more active uh, off season or uh, free agency than. Uh, the last couple times because uh definitely coming straight out of uh down river i only ended up getting two offers <laughs> so you know uh one of them was uh las vegas and i think the other one was uh texas and like um that honestly was a little bit of a wake-up call and a slap to the face but you know just kind of took it ran with it and uh just kept working hard and trying to better myself and better the team around me. So, mm-hmm. I agree. I mean, hey, you've got you've gotten a lot more to your name this time than last time, so I think you'll be able to get a, a few more F offers this time, and I think you might be able to get a bit of a payday as well. So, <laughs> good luck on that. We will see for we'll, sure. We'll see. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's enough with the UFL at this point. Uh, let's move on to the FBA. Our final segment. Yeah, it's been a long oh, show, folks. <laughs> We're almost there, folks. Just stick with us there's for a, like. There's a lot going on. Yeah, well, that's the thing. When there's a lot going on, it's a long show. When there's barely anything, it's kind of just us stuffing around. <laughs> and get very much from the producers. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, we've got the FBA playoffs here. A quick recap of the first and current rounds. Um, quite a few sweeps here. Uh, excuse me. Um, let's see. Alaska swept um, HWI. Who's HWI? Hawaii. Hawaii, okay. Hawaii. So, so Alaska swept Hawaii. Um, let's see. Queens got slept, swept by... Biloxi. Biloxi, yeah, right. You can tell I'm not following this, guys. <laughs> you want me to do this? Like, I, when I have to try... Well, you guys can take it. I'll go through the results. Uh, Seattle defeat Winnipeg in an almost sweep here. Um, 4-1. to one. Uh, Dakota had a little bit of trouble against Edmonton, but still got it done 4-2. to two. Uh, Santa Ana defeated Montana 4-3 to three in an actual competitive series. Uh, it was... was it, okay, BRG... Isn't that B, meant to be... Okay, guys, fix it up. Uh, Bangalore... Defeated Huntsville, so Lance. There was a bit of a drum there. We'll get to that. Uh, four to three. Uh, BLV. Uh, I've already Biloxi. Yeah, we Biloxi. went for that. Uh, Montreal defeated Williamsburg in a tight, tight series. Same with Tennessee defeating Pittsburgh. So there was a tight series there. Second round in progress. We've got Santa Ana leading Seattle two to one. Alaska leading Dakota two to one. Biloxi, well, Tennessee leading Biloxi 2-1, and... Uh, 
and Bangor just pretty much turfing the the Baltimore team three to nothing. So, uh, guys, I'll let you go through it. <laughs> I've been busy yeah, trying don't... to cover the faffle at that. Um... You guys, it's time for you to pull the work here. <laughs> don't uh, don't don't curse Bangor again. I mean, we 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 thought we were gonna sweep uh, Huntsville, and wow, that was uh, that was kind of a bloodbath after that. So uh, don't uh, don't jinx us again. I can't, I can't go through another uh, another four games Jesus, I with just, uh, with Baltimore. Thank God I didn't say. I just <sighs> think Lance Wildfire is too good right now, or I try. <laughs> I actually. But you I just mean... did ah. <laughs> Uh, also, that poor cake. <laughs> uh, I was hoping no one was going to bring that up. Uh, I I have a lot of regrets about that. Um, it, uh, it it looked like it was a really well crafted cake, and um, I don't really I don't like to lose my temper. I don't I try not to lose my temper. Um, I uh, I got into a lot of fights as a kid because of my temper. Um, so I try to be pretty even killed now that I'm a, a little more uh, adultish, but um, yeah, I, that was that was kind of a dark moment for me destroying that uh, that carrot cake. Yeah, I mean, hey, I mean, if I mean, I've I've actually cut. Well, actually, I'm kind of fifty-fifty on predictions. I said I said Easter would win the fireball. That didn't happen. But then I said Orange would win the grand final. And they did. So I don't know. I I don't know if I'm. I don't know if I'm Mr. Right or Kiss of Death yet. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, uh, there was this huge spat between you and Wendy Brown, was it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, she um, tends to get into a lot of rivalries in that, if I'm honest. No, normally, I, I kind of take a little bit of uh, ribbing in stride. Uh, her boyfriend and I, um, uh, D'Angelo McQuilkin... Uh, we we have a kind of a friendly rivalry going on, um, uh, mostly because we're kind of at the uh, the opposite ends of the physical spectrum, as it were. Um, but uh, you know, w once Wendy got involved, it, it it almost felt kind of personal. Um, and uh, you know, like I said before, I'm I'm not really proud that I I kind of got swept up in the. Uh, in the whole pop and circumstance of the thing, and it, I, I think it actually honestly affected the way I was playing for a bit. Yeah, I bet it would. I bet it would. I mean, hey, but that's like that was just one of those situations. I mean, if I, coming back to the series, there. I mean, Huntsville put in a huge effort considering where they were. I mean, like, I mean, they had a huge losing record to get and got in and almost had an upset. So I mean. If they tried doing that losing record thing in the Faffle, they'd be, they would have had their season already finished. It would have been Mad Monday with some guy singing drunk karaoke to I write the songs that make the whole world sing. <laughs> yeah. You gotta give him credit for that. <laughs> Jesus. God. But anyway, um, the West upset upsets causing quite a stir. Homefield Vanch meaning absolutely nothing. Uh... Ooh, yeah, that that's a bit of a thing. Uh, Charles, can you take us through that? <laughs> well, uh, for for what we've been seeing so far, especially the second round, I mean, uh, when uh, I mean uh, the Seattle with uh, versus Winnipeg started quite surprisingly with Winnipeg taking game one in Seattle. Uh, 
which uh, was uh, quite surprising uh, and uh, even uh, uh, and even back in the, the second round right now uh, which was a shock to pretty much uh, really uh, analyst and sports analyst uh, S uh, Santa Ana actually taking both game in Seattle to start the series mm -hmm. as well as Alaska uh, that uh, managed to sweep uh, Hawaii in the second round, took both games in Dakota. I mean, Seattle and uh, and Dakota, Dakota are heavy favorites uh, to represent the, uh, the conference uh, uh, in the finals. And, well, they seem to have won the game back, but it just goes to show you that in this uh, in this uh, playoff, uh, the 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 own court advantage crucial to to gain uh, when going it uh, has not been really quite effective uh, and it's really uh, it's really special to see but it's it's turning the playoff even more exciting yeah i would well, agree kind of interesting that that you mentioned uh seattle and, and alaska both uh winning away it looks like seattle or excuse me uh you said santa Ana. um seattle and uh dakota actually won their away games as well in the uh in the west uh just yesterday so it's um uh you know as a player on the court i can say the home game advantage is, is definitely a thing um but i i can't speak for for the western conference right now because that's just bonkers it is. I think it. I think it is. Um, even though I don't know who's in what conference, but hey, I'll take your word for it. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, James, your thoughts on it? <laughs> I honestly don't have any thoughts. I think everything's been pretty much covered. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, Carver, any thoughts about the playoffs? Um. I haven't been paying attention, to be honest. Um, I know a couple of players in the league, and a few of them already went home. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think you're in the same yeah. boat as me at the moment. Just like some te some teams won, some teams lost, and now we're just gonna put up a. Now we're just gonna use random footage to illustrate points about specific things. And we're going to have some orchestral music and make it seem <laughs> epic and everything. And then just... Some... <laughs> and then well, just... what thing... Something happened. People Trophy. are getting in people's faces. Trophy. Games are being played. You know, usual things. At, at, <laughs> at some point, one team's going to lose and the other's going to win. And that's, that's, that's the end of the day. Uh, at the end of the day, while well, we have montages of previous champions lifting off a trophy... And then we slowly fade into the logo, and then we either fade to the venue or we just have another musical interlude with just highlights from the season. And now I'm just going on and on. Asking too much. Just spiraling in a circle at this point. Right now. But one thing's for sure for this season is we're going to have some new finalists because mm -hmm. uh, seeing that the Owlers uh, lost the, the, the series at the very end, uh, and uh, one thing seems to have been brought up about the Owlers that once again, uh, costly injuries at a critical time in the playoffs seems to be uh, plaguing them. 
uh, again, it's it's starting to 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 be running like a curse for them. Maybe they ran into Biloxi. Oh, bad voodoo. Bad voodoo, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah what is it about, about losing a, uh, yeah, I, I uh, fortunately know a little bit about uh, losing, uh, well, not a series, but being eliminated from the playoffs because of uh, injuries to players. So, yeah, kind of having us in Baltimore was uh, very. Uh, it was very yeah. rough to see. Yeah, it was. Um, Christian Wright. I, if there wasn't I mean, for the expanding roster, I'd expect him to be out in free agency right now trying to sell himself as, hey, I'm that guy who failed to get Baltimore past the first round. Yeah, it was I mean, not to ask. He, he did what he could, but he certainly was no Aspen Redfield by a long shot as much as tried to, you know, build them up. It, you know, we did what we could, and that was about all that there could be. So. Yeah, that, that's true. I mean, fine. I mean, look, I mean, Seattle, Dakota, and only troubles here. Um, Melon probably wished it was, it was like, Melon would probably wish it was Orange and Gold Coast that had seen this and saw this in September, but no, they didn't. Then, like, I don't know where I'm going with this. I just, I think we're ready to end it soon, but, <laughs> hey, add uh, because what's even more damning about the Montana situation is that uh, uh, they led 3-2 uh, mm-hmm. going to game six uh, in Montana. So it was a perfect opportunity to close the series. And uh, and uh, unfortunately, uh, what, uh, their uh, star point guard, Ren Inouye, uh, suffered an injury that in the first quarter. Uh, that uh, put it out of the game, and uh, I mean, every everything is uh, is speculation at this point, but it's really damned the chances of uh, the hours and uh, the game and going to uh, game seven. Uh, there's been uh, again some injuries uh, uh, in the fr- in the the front court, uh, uh, so. Uh, it, it's really tough uh, and uh, uh, frustrate. I, I believe it must have been a frustrating season, end of the season for the Outers. I mean, for being this close to the final uh, last season uh, to now be uh, uh, eliminated in the first round, it's definitely a step back for the Howlers. Very big step back. Yeah, weren't they finalists last year? Like, weren't they in the final game and then, like, the final series and just couldn't get it done? They made it all the way to the finals and then they ended up crashing and burning and also they lost some of their key players to free agency, too. Uh, oh, jeez, that's always going to hurt a team. But is that everything? Everything, guys? Uh, yeah, I think it's pretty much... Uh... Everything. Uh, Lance, any last things you want to say about the FBA at the moment? Um, go tights. Okay. <laughs> okay, cool. Not, not, go spirits. Quick, but precise. But anyway, geez, that's our show this time. God, that was a bit of a... <laughs> oh, that was a bit of a long one. Uh, I... geez, uh, Two hours. 
Jeez. Uh, thanks to thanks to Lance Wildfire and Kova Luko for coming on the show. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Thank you for having us, yeah. But I'd like to have you guys back on the show. You were good guests. Uh, to our regulars, uh, James Witherspoon, glad to see you back. Glad to be back, even though I missed out on the nursing home's vanilla pudding once again. Well, that's just the thing that happens on this show. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want you to only you just, like, make pudding on your own? I mean, it's not that expensive. I was going to say, do you want us yeah. to buy you pudding? If you well, do that, I'll come back every single episode. If you promise to have it for next episode, I will be back. All right, we will be promising you pudding next episode. Uh, Charles, <laughs> um, you are here always. You're always kind of helping us out with the madness. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting used to it. Mm-hmm. I'm glad. Jeez. Ugh, God, I might as well just go out and do some drunk karaoke myself. <laughs> just get nothing done. Nothing done. Don't give up your broadcasting career. <laughs> I said before, it's drunk karaoke. But anyway, I've been Wes Carey. I've been James Witherspoon. C'était Charles Bergeron. Uh, I've been Kovaluka. I do I get an outro? That's cool. Uh, I'm Lance Wildfire. Yeah, you got an outro, Lance. <laughs> Everyone gets an outro here. You got an outro. You get an outro. Everybody gets an outro. We'll see you next time on FSA. Do the thing. Cue the cheesy, inspirational music, and we're out.